DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, Athlon Sports. You can read them online, athlonsports.com. Getting anonymous quotes from Pac-12 coaches on Pac-12 football teams. Colorado, give them credit for what they did in year one. I'm not sure if it's sustainable, but it worked for them under some tough circumstances. They got wins against the not great teams, but they were supposed to be that kind of game for everyone else. It wasn't year one, it was year point six. The schedule's a lot harder on them in conference. They also are playing Texas A&M and Minnesota. Expect some of that good luck to fade. So, coaches riding off Colorado, pumping up ASU. They're the next top program in the league unless something drastic happens. Man, you got to like that, PK. Uh, well, when was that uh, quote? You know, was it, it was before? in the sp- it was in the spring before okay, the but investigation. It was before, yeah. So that's that's somewhat meaningless. It's shallow. They're going to have issues. UCLA, damned with faint praise. We think it's coming along, but slowly. You can see a steadying of the ship. Every game they lost, they were in. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, you lost a lot, but you weren't getting blown out. So there's that. Well, that's been the devil's thing, and that's what Herm loves to tell you about, how all these losses were one scores. Yeah, but if you run the ball and play clock, it's you can like make Air it Force a basketball. Yeah. If you wait to the last second to shoot a shot, you're probably going to have good defensive statistics because the other team doesn't have as near as many possessions. So it, it doesn't matter if you have a bunch of close losses. It matters if you win the game. So I'm I'm sick of that as uh, using as some evidence that oh yeah they're they're pretty good I mean they lost all these games by less than one score and if you take this play or that play well you can say that every year by X amount of teams it's funny Alabama never says that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're winning games so I don't think that's necessarily indicative of progress in your program I guess it can be. But I'm sort of jaded on that because I've seen it particularly with Herm, the way he coaches a game. It's designed to be close. They also don't blow anybody out. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's an NFL thing. Ways it, with that. It's the NFL thing. Just play football, be careful, don't do anything crazy, and have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. So it's to your point. Well, of course it's not a blowout. Right. You know? You run it on third and eight. You don't take any chances. You punt it down to the other end of the field. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what does that mean? Does that mean you have a good team? No, it means you coach that way. I want a coach who wants to win by nine, not by two. No, you don't. You really don't. (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Yes, I do. That quote, I remember sitting down on a Monday morning like, well, there's no doubt where this show is going, and you're over there. (laughs) Yeah, we know. (laughs) Wanted to win by nine, not but two. (laughs) All right. uh, Last thing on UCLA. If you think they're ready for a breakout year, here's this quote. Talking about Chip Kelly. If he can improve Dorian Thompson Robinson, they're going to have a winning record this season and could have a breakout year. Boy, that's that's not much. If we hold the team to fewer points, (laughs) we might win the game. So getting to the meat of the matter here, what are the coaches saying about USC and Utah anonymously? USC, linebacker is incredibly deep. They don't seem to have as many flaws as in recent years. Obviously, they have a great quarterback recruiting class. If you're looking for weaknesses, you'd like to see better play on the old line. If it's it's not up to standard, and maybe that's because they don't run it like they used to. 
I don't think consistency is their problem. I think it's identity. They don't have that juice anymore. Even during Kiffin and DeSarc, the culture, it's turned on them so bad. The problem is now they're not the Showtime brand they used to be. Well, let's get off of used to be because... That's too long ago. And and it was a a phenomenal run. So, yeah, we need to get past used to be. But they've brought in Harrell with the idea of we're going to throw the ball. So Slovis is looking as a first-round pick, but now we're going to pick at the team. They don't run the ball like they used to. Yeah, how many first-round picks did they have at quarterback? Now, they've had a few, obviously, uh, Carson Palmer, who was Mm -hmm. a decent enough quarterback. I think Leonard was a bust. And some other guys, Barkley, never really have lived up, but I don't think he was a first-round pick. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. And so Slovis here, they're playing to his strengths. He's big-time accurate. Uh, I, I, I think that with SC, historically, because of, you know, no one's going to probably recreate what Pete Carroll did. And you just look at timing. Timing matters so much. You know, at the time, they had what they, what they had going. Interestingly enough, they had no pro football in town. So in the fall, it literally was the biggest show. And it was where celebrities wanted to be. So it was like a confluence of events that I don't know is going to happen again, right? So get past that. And so we tend to pick at them. Well, they can't do this and this because they're SC and they're supposed to do everything. I still think they're a pretty doggone good football team, and they're going to be tough to beat. And in my mind, they were rightly picked number one. That's what I went with. That's what I would go with. And it's not just looking at it historically. It's looking at this team this year. Athlon Sports with the anonymous coaches talking about the University of Utah. They say of the Utes, in a lot of ways they've emulated Stanford to the point where they are the new Stanford, and right now they're more talented. This team is a brand. It's a toughness in defense. They're the most physical team in the conference every single year now, and they're one of the meanest in the game. This is all wit. It's his mindset. It's his attitude. Mental toughness is a cliche, but wit has those guys ready. They're even, never too high or low. Now, I've been saying this for a few years. Utah is the most respected, underappreciated program in the history of college football. (laughs) They are not underappreciated. Everybody who speaks of them, get hammer, get the hammer on John Wilner, get anybody you want, and they'll just lavish praise on the program and on Kyle. Kyle, my goodness, he's a freaking genius. He went from being tough guy Way back when, if you said anything bad about you, he'd blow up to now having literally every single ex-co or co-current coach and every media member, literally every media member, eating out of the palm of his hand. And nobody, nobody says anything negative about the program. The only people who say negative are the fans within the University of Utah football program who, because they're frustrated that they haven't won a Pac-12 title. And what they don't realize is there's teams that have been in the Pac-12 50-some years who haven't won it. And somehow Utah is being 
discredited because they've been closer than these programs that have been around forever and haven't gotten even to the title game and the Utes have gotten it twice but we haven't gotten over the hump doggone it he sucks the only people who have any negative to say are fans of the program everybody else outside the program lavishes praise on this program and Kyle to the nth degree I don't really see how you can argue with anything I just said I don't I really don't. No, I know, I know you it. don't. It's spot on. And right. there's a few people on Twitter, you know, there's some dude out there with the fire Kyle Kyle Whittingham uh, handle. And and if they did that, every coach in the country would look and think, oh my gosh, what are the expectations there? Hold, what are they doing? As somebody would take the job because it's a head coaching job and it pays and it's their chance. But overwhelmingly, the coaching community would look at Utah. If they did that and think, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Well, they're not going to do it. Right, exactly. So a couple more quotes that will stick with Ute fans. Andy Ludwig is coming along with the offensive side. They're starting to build their own brand there, too. You see consistency in the calls. Again, you know what they are when you go in. They're built by the running game with the backs and with QB run and moving the pocket. That works because they're usually good up front, and when they can run steady, they're going to work you as much as they can with play action. It's one of the best matches to a defense of any offense in the Power Five. (laughs) And then on Charlie Brewer, if you've seen Charlie Brewer's tape from Baylor, you should be scared playing these guys. It's never a guarantee that a grad transfer locks in right away. But these pieces fit, comma, man, if Brewer plays like he did when Rule was still at Baylor, this team can win the conference. Agreed. And there it is. Which is why I'm rooting for Cam Rising so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's counting this guy out. This is me all over. He's being counted out. Everywhere I went, I was told you weren't good enough, including this radio. I was told you weren't good enough. And that's what's happening to him. Nothing against Charlie B. I don't know the guy. But I just relate to somebody like Cam Rising. We all anointed this other dude because he started 87 games last year in the SEC. Uh, and, and what did Cam Rising do? He beat him out. And he didn't just beat him out because the other guy wasn't good enough. No, he beat him out. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I love the fact that Cam Rising is being counted out. Let's see what this kid can do. And if Charlie B is the guy... So be it, man. Yeah, I can see what they're saying because he does come in with impressive credentials. Normally, grad transfer, it's because he didn't play or just a transfer now. They don't have necessarily be grad transfers. Doesn't mean they're not good because Justin Fields was a first-round pick. Joe Barrows was a first-round pick, literally the first pick and the Heisman Trophy winner and undefeated, blah, blah, blah. But they weren't playing at their prior schools. You know what I mean? JT Daniels is now getting run as a an NFL quarterback. Well, he transferred because Slovis had the job. That wasn't the case. And we've had Utah quarterbacks who come in, they weren't playing at institution fill-in-the-blank. That's not the case here. So, yeah, I understand. There's all sorts of reason to have optimism, and I have it too. I am intrigued by rising, and you can't really – I mean, the coaches can't really say the answer when I ask the question. You know, did – did the other guy blow it, or did Rising go in and he was excellent and he took the job away from him? That's what happened. You think it's that? I know it's that. Well, how do you know? You were up there at practice? They told you. Dude, yes. But they can't tell don't you. Would they tell you would they tell you that guy blew? He really sucked. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. No, it doesn't. Yeah, he sucked. We saw that. 
He didn't. He didn't play well enough. He didn't play near well enough. They put in Lisk, and, and he was the hero, and good for him. The guy who stuck it out for years and yep. years goes out on a high note, and will always be remembered that way. Great, I'm happy for him. But no, because what you're doing and saying that is you're sliding Bad Moon. Kyle likes to call him Bad Moon for Bad Moon Rising. I got it. Yeah, I got it. So you're, I know revival. you got it, but I'm, I hope, I'm hoping I'm talking to more people than just you. Nope, not today. <laughs> we turned off the transmitter. It's a private conversation. Yak, you got that thing locked down, right? Yeah, this is, this is, this is just conserve a, some power up on broadcast. As I say, it's, it's not it's not going anywhere. Okay, good. <laughs> Lyle Lovett has a great tune called "Private Conversation," but anyway, uh, that that's you're disrespecting Bad Moon, and. I hate underestimating people. Let's see what they got. I think we're going to. I, I think he's he's going to play. I don't know when he's going to play, and I don't know why. He could win the job. He could go in because Brewer could get hurt midway through the season. I think he's got an excellent chance. If Brewer comes in and just crushes it for a year, it's still one year. Rising can still be the guy next year. Oh, there's plenty of time for him. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Rising, we're, gonna, we're not going to... We're not going to see Rising leave here and wonder, oh, I wonder what that guy could have been. We're, we're going to find out. He's going to play. I, I think the biggest reason that I have confidence in his ability to play is not anything they say, especially in a situation, especially publicly, uh, maybe not so much privately to you, but Kyle seemed really down when he got hurt, and I think that's because Kyle had expectations for him. You know, I mean, Kyle's always down when guys get hurt because he knows and I, We've probably all talked to him about that. You have, I'm sure. Um, but it seemed like there was more than that. And so I think he had some expectation of what Rising could do and Rising got hurt. And because of that, I think Rising's going to win the job at some point. And if he doesn't beat out Brewer now, he'll beat out everybody else, and if Brewer gets hurt, he'll be the guy. And if not, then he can win the job next year and still have time to show what he can do. But I think Kyle thinks he has something in Rising. Yeah, and but for now... People are getting all excited, as they should. Charlie B comes in with all sorts of credentials, way more than they've ever had. And that's been the missing piece. Although, I, I think we overstate that, the missing piece, because they had a good offense, and Tyler Huntley was a good quarterback. And they had a good team. Now, they got beat in the one game, and it's a one-game deal. Who knows if you would have played them again, although they got beat by a top-flight quarterback, too. Let's not forget that. Justin Herbert is really good. Uh, and so, uh, but we look at, wow, if, we, if they could just throw the ball efficiently. Well, they did that season. So let's not forget that they actually did do that, and they had a great season. I mean, I realize they got smoked in the Pac-12 title game, and as I said earlier, I don't count those the, the bowl game now, particularly for the loser of the Pac-12 title game because the loser of the Pac-12 title game has lost a bowl game every single year. <laughs> yeah, I hate that you don't want to be their thing. I think the thing you really have to look at is the players not playing has become so widespread. Yeah, well, that's, not, that's the ultimate. The I don't want to be there yeah, right. because you're not, <laughs> so there. you're not there. I really don't want to be there to the point I'm literally not going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so maybe I got to check last year. I, I, I've, I've virtually blocked out last year, so maybe they maybe they won last year. but I No, know, they, they didn't go. Right. They only had two bowl teams. Didn't Colorado yeah. take theirs? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think USC didn't go. So, But they didn't lose is what I'm saying because so, it, it didn't, yeah. didn't happen. 
They've but, never won. Just go with they've never won. That covers yeah. you. Just but the other it. ones in the normal years, they've lost yeah. every time. So they have. Utah has had good passing. That was a good passing team that year, for sure. Huntley, you're discrediting Huntley if you say that, that, well, all they need is a good passing game. They had one that season, and we saw what they can do. They were uh, two losses, right? One loss in the entire season, uh, the regular season anyway. And so we'll see if they can recreate that. And I also think Ludwig deserves a ton of credit because I think they've stabilized that position there. And I'm speaking, obviously, of offensive coordinator because that was one thing that marked the program as a negative, the constant flowing through uh, offensive coordinators. And I think that I don't know what's going to happen two, three years from now, but Ludwig clearly has stabilized that position, and he's great at what he does. I have the highest respect, and not just me. I've had other people in the business tell me that this guy yeah, absolutely knows what he's doing, what he's doing. Yeah. and they told me when Kyle brought him back and what a phenomenal decision that was. And that's where I form a lot of my opinions because I never played the game. I never once put my hand in the dirt. So, Except although I did play freshman football. I was about to say, you've told us you played freshman football. Yeah, but I hated every second of it. And what'd you weigh, like 120 pounds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was 125. Uh, I was buff. And I was the same height. I, I stopped growing at, like, uh, 14. Uh, I've been the same height ever since, yeah. And I only played freshman football because I was literally brand new to Arizona. And I wasn't even living with my parents. I was living with my older sister. So it was a, a time of upheaval in my life. They moved me out to Arizona to start ninth grade. I went to a high school that only had through juniors is brand new high school. I was the first class. My class was the first class to go there all four years. I literally did not know anyone, literally not one person. And I come in with an East coast attitude. You can see how badly I was a misfit there. Uh, if you're wondering about some of my psychological scars, uh, they stand up to then. And so I figured, well, I need to meet some, I've got to find some friends somehow. So I went out for football and I hated it. But I stuck it out. I didn't quit. I played the whole season. <laughs> so I don't really count that because it's not anything that I want to do. I played freshman basketball, too. And then I played four years of baseball. Although I got cut my freshman year from baseball. And little did I know, my mother went in and saw the principal. And mysteriously, a week later, I got reinstated. She made him an offer he couldn't <laughs> refuse. <laughs> and, and since we're totally off the track now, so then my mother died eight years ago and at Mass... The, uh, the priest told my sister, and they set it up down in Phoenix, that I'll do uh, this, the speaking of the Mass, and then they have a little You're portion gonna where he speak speaks. for the family, right? And yeah. my sister said, oh, well, my brother's going to speak. And the priest said, oh, no, that's not what we do. And she says, well, you're doing it this time. <laughs> 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 and he said, okay, he's got five minutes. My sister said, take as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, I told that story of how I got cut freshman baseball. And I ended up starting, uh, played varsity ball for the junior and senior year. I played all four years. I ended up starting on the freshman team, too. And so I told that story, how my mother went in to see the principal, and a week later I got put back on the team. And my two sisters thought all those years that I did not know that for that portion of the story, that my mother went in to see the principal. <laughs> did, did she go godfather? She wouldn't know. do that, right? I don't know what happened in that meeting. But... <laughs> I don't know what happened, and I don't want to know. 
Now, Kay, in a court of law, if you give me this letter, I would have to acknowledge that I know where Michael is. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking more along the lines of, see this roster? One of two things is going to be on this roster. Either my son's name. Wow. Oh, gosh. One of two things is going to be on this roster. Either your brains or my my son's name is going to be on this roster. Oh, my God. <laughs> this little five-foot-four blonde bombshell, my mother, dropping F-bombs. Yeah, we need a backup third baseman. What the heck? Put him on the roster. I think what happened is uh, sort of a fortune, good fortune for me. The kid uh, flunked out of school who was on the team, so they had a roster spot open. <laughs> All right, put this one on. And then I ticked off guys I was trying to make friends with. I ticked them off because I said, wait a second, he gets cut, and then two weeks later he's starting. <laughs> How is that? And meanwhile, I'm sitting on the bench here. <laughs> you know, for, true story for anyone coaching uh, youth sports teams. At my high school, I didn't realize what was going on. In retrospect, it's super clear, but at the time, you're just a ninth grader and you just want to play. They kept 24 guys on a 15-man high school team. He had 15 jerseys, and they kept 24 guys. And in retrospect, one guy on that team could play. There was one legit player, Jim Eckstein. And everybody else, we tried real hard, and we ran in circles. And so at that point, they didn't cut him, and they basically let us sort ourselves out. And like, eh, maybe they'll stop coming because they don't have a jersey, and then they don't really want it. You know, uh, maybe they'll have grade problems. And we did lose two or three kids to a grade check like two weeks after the season started. And at the end of the year, we had 12 kids. So, you know, don't make a choice you don't have to make. You don't really know with these young kids, whether you're coaching 10, 12, 15 year olds or whatever. Keep them in the program and see who really wants it and gets better. You know, and it, it was because in retrospect, uh, there was there just weren't special players <laughs> on that freshman basketball team I when I was a wasn't kid. One of them. Yeah, I wasn't either. And, and so, you know what was funny is that we ended up taking it was a it was a first year coach fresh out of college and he didn't like cutting guys and the reason I think he cut me is because I was on the basketball team and being in Phoenix you can start practice in February outside obviously and you weren't so, there right I wasn't there yeah. in the season so they had like a month of practice and then I come out off the basketball team mm-hmm. and he didn't and I had like a week and he didn't really know me and he felt the loyalty to those guys and he kept like 30 guys mm-hmm. and the reason why is because I told you we only had three classes freshman sophomore junior mm-hmm. the varsity uniforms didn't come in they weren't there in time yeah so what they did is the uh, varsity took the JV and the JV took the freshman. So we literally didn't have uniforms. So he could keep a whole bunch of guys because playing, there were no uniforms. You're just playing in like t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, our practice little uh, orange jersey yeah. practice thing, which they had abundance of, that's what we used. We didn't, I, my freshman year, we didn't have uniforms. <laughs> so kind of funny the way it all played out. I have no idea how we got on this topic, but nevertheless, there we were. DJ and PK, when we come back, everything you missed in this show. Robbie Bosco joined us earlier, talk quarterbacks, catch you up to date on what he's thinking. Got a young, talented NBA player who's demanding he wants out. He's a restricted free agent, but we'll see if he can get himself out. Uh, all that, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. 
I remember one time a good friend of mine and I went to the grocery store and he started throwing things over the aisle to me and I had to catch it. A can of beans flies over it. I caught it. Then he threw a glass container of syrup. <laughs> if I hadn't caught it, I would have been clean up in aisle five. That was a long setup for that joke. That wasn't a joke. That was a long setup for If I would have missed it, it would have been <laughs> clean up. No. Aisle five. No, that, that wasn't even the Then the, the CSI Miami theme starts. <laughs> <laughs> If I hadn't caught it, I would have been clean up in aisle five. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Let's get you up to date on stuff you've missed during this show. We had Robbie Bosco on. He was quietly hilarious, as he often is, PK. Always with a chuckle and the funny story. But also, insight into the quarterback battles. What did you take away from Robbie? I think that BYU is dealing from a position of strength uh, that each guy has different uh, talents that they can add. Uh, They really like Conover, and he's kind of a dark horse because we haven't seen him play. I think that your, uh, what would say, your thought on rising on Hill, at some point he'll be the BYU or Utah starting quarterback, and it may not be immediately, is the same thing with Conover whether it's this year, next year, or the kids young as far as grade-wise, even the year after that, uh, who knows how it's going to shake out. But they like his talent. Uh, He thinks Zach Wilson is going to be exceptional. That was the word. And honestly, when I asked you, I thought that's where you were going to jump in. Exceptional. Even offered him a chance to walk it back, and he wanted no part of walking it back. I wouldn't walk it back either. Dylan Colley didn't walk it back, and Dylan Colley was right. Dylan Colley, freshman year, potato bowl. This kid's going to be one of the best, if not the best. People looking around, oh, here we go, another Colley. And another Colley, yeah, another Colley speaking the truth. And Zach Wilson was sensational. And, yeah, if you want to argue about BYU's schedule – you can't argue about Zach Wilson and what the Jets thought. Now, the holdout is, well, yeah, he's going to be a flop. And there have been guys uh, at number two who have been flops. There's no doubt about it. Ryan Leaf, obviously. But Ryan Leaf had all sorts of other issues that maybe impacted or impeded his ability. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any maybe to it. Okay, <laughs> I think they he did. did. And so it doesn't appear that Zach Wilson has that. And I've no. been... The question mark with him is he, Zach Wilson for a long time, and I'm not stopping. Right, but the question is: Is he going to have enough talent around him to be exceptional? Because quarterbacks are judged on wins, and you can have a lot of talent, and if you don't have a team around you, then you're not going to be exceptional. Despite the fact well, you have a lot of talent, that's up to the Jets to yeah, do to put is. talent around them. I mean, that's that's what the jets need to do and it it's a, this is nothing that's going to be decided in the short term you know it took john elway a long way if you're looking for super bowls and obviously it literally took him to the end of his run to get that uh, and yeah winning winning is important winning is the purpose of pro sports you know did you win and so it's going to take a while i mean as robbie said just went two and fourteen last year. My gosh, 
but let's see what he can do, too, because Trevor Lawrence right there, it's the same thing can be said for him. You know, he was presumptive number one pick from the from his freshman year. He just had to wait out these rules that require you to be three years out of high school before you can get drafted. Right. And so he was going to be number one whenever that time came. And if it came after three, if it came after four, he was going to be he would be number one this year. Well, their team wasn't any better. So what are they going to be able to do, too? So the same type of situation regarding Wilson is the comparison is the exact same with uh, Trevor Lawrence. And neither of these guys are shoe-ins by any stretch because I don't know that there's a shoe-in anymore coming out, even though these quarterbacks are so more far sophisticated, and Steve Young will tell you that because we've talked to him about that, how they're more prepared to play earlier than they used to be. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate from one level to the next and so they'll have a lot to prove but i'm excited for him and it's not it's not like this is a bonus year but i don't know that you can have a whole lot of high expectations for zach wilson this year maybe individually but you're right the team does suck that's why and they've sucked for a good while too it's not like uh houston you know houston has had they houston wasn't good last year but houston was good Recently, yeah, they've they've won a bunch of division titles, yeah. been to the playoffs, don't go very far in the postseason, if anywhere. Uh, but I think the thing with Zach, and I think this is true with Trevor Lawrence too, it's not just the local guy and you know go soft on the local guy and hammer on Trevor Lawrence. You know, they're not going to have teams around them. If uh, actually Zach has an advantage over Trevor Lawrence and that he's got a coach who knows the NFL. Now he may not turn out to be a good NFL head coach; he may turn out to be a great one, but he's got NFL experience. Urban's going to be learning the league at the same time, and that seems to me to be a negative for Trevor. Now, Urban's a football freak, so maybe he'll pull it off. But sitting here now, it still seems like that's a negative for for Trevor Lawrence. But I think the thing you want out of both those guys, you know the teams around him aren't good. And this goes back to what you said about Burrow earlier this morning. Like Burrow didn't have a great year because he got hurt. But when you saw him, did he pass the eyeball test? Did he play with confidence? Is he stepping into his throws? Or does he look confused and scared? Because we've all watched quarterbacks get in NFL games. Guys are bigger, faster, longer, more talented. And we see quarterbacks look confused, scared, gun-shy, whatever cliche you want to go for. So I think that's what we're looking for with these quarterbacks. Are they playing with confidence even though the receivers can't get open and the line can't block? You know, or, or are they just just scared and look like they're bailing out? There's two sets of people that I no longer doubt, and I'll never doubt again. And one of them is Urban and Shelley Meyer. <laughs> and the second one is Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore, the draft pick that they got at receiver. Watch out. Wilson to Moore, it'll be the new Stockton to Malone. Oh, I thought you were going to go Young to Rice, but okay. Well, I wanted to keep it local. All right, there it is. All right, so we talked with Robbie Bosco. We also talked with Dustin Smith, quarterback elite, co-founder and coach, Spanish Fork, high school head coach, uh, follows the local scene, made an impassioned plea for local quarterbacks and really Intermountain West quarterbacks to get a look. He thinks there's some guys here. And, you know, he said not just Utah, but Arizona. I immediately thought, well, PK is going to say there's a lot of Arizona guys getting looks <laughs> all across the country. Oh, yeah, they're getting... And Their elite quarterbacks are getting looks. Maybe not the, the Utah and Idaho kids, but the Arizona kids The difference kids are. being that uh, I can't say what Utah's recruiting is. I mean, they didn't recruit Zach Wilson because they had this Tuttle dude. We know that story. They didn't offer him. Uh, Dart is another story here down at SC. We'll see how that plays out. Whereas it, in Tempe, 
they're offering, and these guys yeah. are saying, nah, I'm no. out. It's too hot. Slovis is going to USC and telling you, yep, it's too hot. Yeah. That was your favorite quote of the day, wasn't it? Well, it was predictable. I knew he was going to say it because I've been there. And unless you've been there, uh, that's one of the things. And, 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 oh, my wife gets so frustrated when she talks to people and they go visit Arizona in March and <laughs> April and it gets to be about 90 degrees. Oh, I love the heat. I, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Not, not Yeah, you love 90. <laughs> they have three and a half million people there. They'd have 20 and a half million people if, if it topped out at 90. <laughs> It's, it's it's just absolutely relentless. You can't uh, explain it until you've endured it, and that's what you do. You don't live it; you endure it. It's the only major metropolitan area in the country where they just rue that summer's coming. Everybody else gets excited. Lori Markkinen, Chicago Bulls, restricted free agent, four years in the league. They've had the coaching change. The number of games he started went down. The number of minutes he played in a game went down. He's not happy. He told a Finnish uh, reporter that uh, he wants out and he's got multiple offers and he wants to jumpstart his career somewhere else. He's a big guy, and he shot 40% from three. There's a market for him. I think for Jazz fans, the question is, is he going to end up with somebody in the top half of the West? Or is he even going to come and make somebody lower in the West uh, you know, a better team that, that can beat you? And take a take a game or two away from you, or is he going to stay in the East? In which case, he's not such a big factor to the Jazz. So you're saying there's a market in for him? Yeah, cuck, 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 cuck. <laughs> I think he's a player. I don't know what's happening in Chicago, but he hasn't come near the uh, impact that I thought he would have. And maybe he does need that fresh start, and somebody will give it to him. He'll be in the league somewhere next year. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Major League Baseball, is it just the Giants year, PK? When you see a team down 4 nothing and they've only scratched out a couple of hits, maybe it was three, two or three hits, and they got nothing going, and then they get off the deck and score four in the ninth and one in the tenth and win the game. I mean, we're, we're into August now, and this whole thought that they're going to fade, hey, the, the Padres and Dodgers got all the offseason run. They were the odds makers' favorites. But it's the Giants in first place, and they're not blinking. And, you know, at, at four zip after eight, you can write it off. They don't write it off. They come back and win the game. Yeah, well, I mean, they're playing the historically awful team. I mean, the Diamondbacks are going for all-time records, not just franchise-wise, but league-wise. So, I mean, they suck beyond belief. This is really, really bad. So that's two things. That I can. That's how I can explain the four runs in the ninth and the one in the tenth. But otherwise, their pitching has been way better than I think they anticipated, and that's put them in first place. 29 games over five hundred, the best record in the National League, the best record in all of baseball. It's the Giants looking down at everybody else. It's a phenomenal story for a franchise that has been really, really good. They were at 10, 12 years. Yeah. There is nobody else in baseball playing 600 ball right now. The Dodgers are just a little under, and yet they're the Giants at a 633 pace. That is impressive. Got a four-game lead over the Dodgers now. 
All right, that is a lot of what we have been talking about. A reminder, the Salt Lake City Summer League wraps up tonight. Grizzlies and Spurs at 5. Utah Jazz Blue Team and the Utah Jazz White Team at 7 o'clock. You can watch the games on KJS 14 on NBA TV. You can listen to them right here on the Zone Sports Network. Scotty G on the call and uh, Tim Lacombe joining him. All right, DJ and PK, uh, when we come back, one more thing. You want to? Uh, should we have Yock play that uh, Kyle Whittingham when we come back, and then we'll get people's feedback? If you want, sure. Kyle Whittingham, all sorts of pumped up and confident, oozing confidence. You fans, you're going to want to hear this next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Feedback of the day brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Yuck, do you have Kyle Whittingham sounding pretty enthused about his team? We have no shortage of leadership on this team. This feels a lot like the 19 team in a lot of regards. There was some energy to that, PK. That wasn't a guy just getting through a media session. We've all heard that. You can go into cliche mode. Coaches have done it. High school, college, pro, football, basketball, whatever. That was a guy who was uh, was enthused. He was fired up. Well, why not expect to win? You know, in order to win, I think you have to expect to win. You have to believe you're going to win. So why not set the standard the first day? They all know. A lot of these kids... particularly the guys who were freshmen last year, they came to the school on defense too because they knew that the 2019 team, two things, were real was real good, and most of those guys were going to the NFL, so that meant there was immediate playing playing time opportunities. So why not reference that? Because every single kid in this program knows exactly what happened in 2019. That's our standard, guys. In fact, we even won higher. We want to finish this thing right. We didn't finish it right in 19. We did everything else leading up to it. 8-1. and one. There's been no team in the history of the Pac-12 that's been better than 8-1. and one. Uh, no, one, no one has gone 9-0 and oh in this conference yet since they've expanded to the Pac-12 and put in the other two teams. So set the standard. So I think it was a shrewd move to do right off the bat. Michael replying to the question of the morning, are there really QB competitions at Utah and BYU, or do the coaches know who the starters are? Michael says competition promotes growth and strength, so they won't say till the end, but they always know. Unless an injury happens, their decision won't change. I think it can change, but I do think that they have an idea. I think Utah is a little more unsettled because of the injury situation, and Rising didn't get the opportunity to play in, in spring ball, and it's not fair to him. You owe him the right to compete because he competed and won the job last year and then had a serious injury, so he deserves the opportunity. But they also have a track record of him that I think that can help him because they've seen him, what he can do. Plus, I would have to think, just by virtue of virtue of tenure he has more experience with Ludwig so he would understand the stuff a little bit better so well, he's going to get a legitimate chance that's what uh that's one of the things you were told and people haven't heard the interview 
Britton Covey at Pac-12 Media Day uh, with you guys breaking down the quarterbacks and talking about just Cam's total command of the offense. And you know offensive coordinators appreciate that. There's nothing worse than an offensive coordinator knowing he's got a really talented guy and knowing the guy just doesn't know the offense forward and backwards. Because that leads to hesitation, and you throw a ball a little late, and it gets picked. So they hate that. They hate it. Uh, (laughs) Greg, Arizona Republic headline, March 1976, jackalope head mysteriously found in principal's bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's referencing the story. You were talking about uh, what you knew, and, and you, you say it on the air because you've been told it. Because you never put your fingers in the dirt. And then that led you, well, okay, I did play freshman football, which led to freshman uh, baseball and basketball, and you getting cut from the team. And me saying, did your, did your mom go in there and, and do a scene from The Godfather, basically? She did not threaten to shoot dead the principal. <laughs> let's, let's be clear about that. Although I wasn't in the meeting, so maybe I, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm assuming. It doesn't. It doesn't. Didn't Your do mom it. didn't fool around with firearms a lot. No, not to my knowledge. <laughs> we never have. I've never even held a gun, let alone have any. I have zero experience with any guns. and that's We weren't hunters. We weren't any of that stuff. So I, have, I, I wouldn't know the first thing about a gun. I've never, never even held one. Oh, we got more people uh, weighing in here. Um, you know, Kyle bringing up 2019, and that team went 8-1 in the Pac-12. Is it time to start thinking big? And Ryan says, I'm not one to drink the Kool-Aid, but Utah just landed a running back out of Florida, beat out Florida State and landing recruit. That is the real Utah football news. I'm happy to bring it here so my favorite BYU fans and radio personalities actually hear about it. Yeah, that's probably an old-school guy who still can't get past that Utah's the little guy, and we favor BYU. Uh, I think that uh, you know, this doesn't really—it's pointless to try to defend yourself because he's going to think what he thinks. But as long as he listens, I don't care what he thinks. Dave says I've learned to never get my hopes up about any team in Utah. Don't get your hopes up; they're just going to disappoint you. Okay, so they disappoint you, and whoop de do It's sports. The 2008s didn't disappoint you, Dave. They went undefeated. They never let you down. The 2004 Utes. The 84 Cougars. There's a long list. (laughs) Maybe enjoy it for what it is. It's entertainment. Uh, But I get that. If fans, uh, that's just me and my mantra. It doesn't really fly for a lot of people. They are. 100% 100% and the jubilation and then just the depths of despair when the team loses. So, uh, But you, you, you got to risk it. If you're a fan, you got to take the bad with the good. And Utah's had plenty of good. It's college football season and Devin is back. Kyle thinks he's got a 2019 team, 11-1, and losing to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Sounds good to me. Go Ducks! Three exclamation points. Yeah, it's tough to beat Phil Knight State, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> PKSU. <laughs> I love it when the band spells out PKSU at halftime. Yeah. I mean, what, what, money talks, and that guy's got money, and hence that program is, is good because he bought a good program. It's like if you buy the most expensive car out on the market, what are you going to have? You're going to have a great car. 
I mean, it, the correlation, the line, the connection is so obvious. Anybody can understand that. And and good for Devin that he's a devotee of Phil Knight. I will give Devin credit for spelling losing one with one O, though. So that's a win right there. It's not losing. He nailed it. Yeah, that's one of the more frustrating. That when people say reoccurrence <laughs> on something that happens repeatedly. It's not reoccurrence. It should be reoccurrence. But it's not. It's just recur. It's, you drop the O. It's R-E-C-U-R. Reoccurring. Reoccurrence. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. So this is a slightly different take from Alex, though, on Kyle. What is he supposed to do? Come out and say the team looks average? Alex, that's where I go beyond the words to the tone. There was an urgency and an energy. I didn't think he was saying something just to get through it, and you got to say something. And you're right. There are things you can't say. Alex is 100% right about that. There are things you cannot say into a microphone. You just can't. Alex is 100% wrong. But Alex ignores the energy and the oomph Kyle put behind it. I think he was legitimately fired up about this. Fine, and I agree with you, but I, it's easy to refute that argument. What was he supposed to say? He was asked about leadership. He could have said, yeah, I think we have great leadership. We've got a lot of players who've got experience, and we've got good leadership. So you don't have to say, well, what was he supposed to say? You don't have to address it at all in that way. It wasn't, do you have good leadership? That wasn't the question. The question was, what do you think about the leadership? So it wasn't a yes or no question, which for, if it's a yes or no question, well, it forces him to say yes. And he does say yes. I thought a couple of those programs, teams that they had when they went, uh, what were they, five and seven? I thought like from the first year when they went in the conference and they went eight and five, I thought they had great leadership. I thought Tony Bergstrom, local kid, was an outstanding leader that year, and he helped will that team to a winning record. And then I thought they had devoid of leadership the next year, and I asked Kyle about it, but he, of course he's not going to acknowledge weakness. Uh, so he, I thought they didn't have the leadership that they needed. Their best players were not vocal enough, and so I think that was part of the problem. That was my amateur observation uh, as I reviewed the program and was in it covering it at the time. But I don't think he has to go on and on, as you say. So he could downplay it while still giving an answer, but he didn't downplay it. He took it very high by saying, yeah, this team, in a lot of regards, reminds me of 2019. That's a powerful statement. Well, now I want a game. I want the opener. I want to see it. Let's go. It is less than a month away. Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in the Weber game. Obviously, you're you're dealing with a, no no disrespect to Weaver because Jay Hill at his level has run a phenomenal program, and I'm excited for him if he chooses the opportunity to take it to a higher level uh, when and if that time comes. I don't doubt his ability to be a great coach because we've seen it at his level where all things are equal and or at least to a degree anyway. But expecting Weaver to compete for the full 60 minutes against the Utes isn't fair. I think that we've got to see in the coming weeks where they're at. And, and the great thing about it is we will. You win the Pac-12, you don't owe anybody any apologies. Utah at BYU five weeks from tomorrow. Five weeks from tomorrow, yeah, that's pretty quick. That's great, too. It's been 
It's been a fun summer in that way with the NBA extending itself. Shortened the summer. Yeah, at the this finals time to year, the draft we, to free agency, and we're five yeah. weeks from football. And yeah, we would be talking almost exclusively college football, but because of the free agency and then summer league, uh, there'll be a little downtime a few weeks in September where we won't be hitting the NBA. But the NBA uh, has been a dominant topic for us and the Jazz, obviously, for so long. And it's been fun to have them to be able to talk about. Absolutely. Well, they should be getting back on their normal calendar. The commissioner's made that clear. So right. and next summer should be a little more normal. Right. And, and, and in a couple of weeks here, when the summer league's over, it'll be done. And then it'll be quiet for probably about four or five weeks. And then we start it up again in October. All right. Hit us up if you got more. You got more feedback. David DJ James. Uh, tweeted out a couple stories. They just found a car that was stolen in 2017, PK. Bad news, it was at the bottom of Pineview Reservoir, and they pulled it out. There's some algae on that car. Some water damage. Spectacular. <laughs> Spectacular. you got to see this photo. This car looks so nasty. <laughs> How did the car get there in the first place? I don't know if they're clear on that yet, uh, but they, they pulled it out, and you know it's got the VIN number, so you get through the algae and you scrape down, and even if the plates are gone, you can figure out what car it is and it was stolen so somebody drove it into the lake somehow and they got lower water levels so i don't know if somebody saw it from a boat or bumped into it from a boat or what or could see it in the water but the water levels going down helped them find it so just covered in algae and looking nasty you would think so yeah it is so check that out on twitter all right dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone Hans and Scotty are coming up next. Have a good weekend. Stay with us right here on The Zone. And remember, Jazz tonight. The Jazz versus Jazz at 7 o'clock. And now I'm being told, are we going to get a bonus segment of us? Is that what we're doing? Because we've been tap Currently dancing the for plan. a while. Oh, really? All They're right. having issues with their remote. All right. Hans and Scotty on remote, but having issues. Well, stick around. We'll have a surprise next. We just don't know what it is right now. Stay with us.